0: This is Plan B, Episode 17, for July 30th, 2013. And welcome to Plan B, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, contemplating the future and present of Bitcoin with insights for the novice shop talk, for the expert, and opinionated discussion for the interest observer of Bitcoin and related technologies. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is my co-host, Drew. Hello there, Mr. Drew. Oh. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 17, Drew. Oh, thank you. You know, I'm sitting here in the beautiful Washington state, patiently awaiting the moment when the armory installation on my computer will overtake and dominate the monsters that we call banks. You know, I've had a week of financial um, difficulties because my wife has uh, been in, on bed rest after having our third child, and I've been taking over some of the uh, day-to-day tasks in the house, you know? Mm-hmm. Dealing with the banks is a nightmare. It is a nightmare.
1: I gotta hear about this.
0: Oh, man. I You know what I mean. Well, no, I I won't I won't I won't go into all of it, but uh, so, but we receive checks from outside the United States here at Jupiter Broadcasting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. And when, when 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 you go to the bank with that check, they act like they've never seen or heard of that currency in their entire life. We, we have to write, and apparently this is the part I didn't know, we have to write a memo with the check that tells them how they process that check and cash it. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, or else they don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> what? And what I'm doing and I'm dealing with this and I'm like, Angela, you have to deal with this all the time. She's like, Yeah, every every month we have to this is something I have to do. I'm like, This, this is this bitcoin's gonna fix this. Bitcoin is gonna fix this. It's like if I ever just didn't see a real world example, that was it right there. Wow. It's, it's so crazy to think of like they've never even heard of some other co- country's money. it's It's ridiculous. Wow. Big show today, Drew. There's a lot of conversational topics that I want to get to, and I think the big story that's been blowing up all over the internet, Thailand has banned Bitcoin. Oh the Oh there. my gosh <laughs> You probably noticed like the story started popping up yesterday. Right, right. Did you see that? Like, yeah, here's up, 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 and I yeah. saw like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah, and then just boom, full full on fire. Everybody's going to jump on it's that. It's on CNBC yeah. today. It's just going <laughs> nuts. It's on Ars Technica. Everybody's writing about it. Uh, now, chat room, before we get going, I just want to see if you guys are going to be optimistic. Uh, the price is at $103.92. What do you think it's going to be at the end of the show? Call it out, and then the folks watching the video version can see if you were right at the end of the show. But, Drew, before we jump into the main discussion, shouldn't we uh, get into some feedback? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay, we'll do that. So our first one came in from our Bitcoin subreddit post, which is funny because, and I'll get to this in a second, but last week's title is exactly the opposite of how I'm feeling this week. Uh, Zanny wrote in, I don't think the dollar exchange rate for Bitcoin matters long term. It generates resistance to transition into, uh, into it from the side of fiat holder because since the money supply is so limited, any market expansion of BTC just means immediate price appreciation. But if it proves to be that better, uh, but if it proves to be a better money, and I think it is at least, it would pressure movement towards it. That's interesting. The market essentially is what he's saying would just want to adopt it because it's superior. It's also a lot more favorable if you have money. Uh, you, uh, it's also a lot more favorable if you have money to want your money gaining value than losing. Oh, right. It's essentially saying if you want yeah, your money, to, yeah. yeah, to gain value. I think what might end up happening is something like a PP coin or a very vari- or something or a variable inflation rate currency being used as the. Paycheck slash transition money, transaction money, because inflation drives people to spend money they have. Bitcoin becomes the crypto gold that everyone agrees on is valuable, and the value grows because people want to store value. Well, kind of like actual gold, how gold's actual value, essentially, when you think about it, is determined. Also, the current Bitcoin market, besides, selling by, besides sellers accepting it, demonstrates what I mean on a macro scale by my email. Uh, People people are hesitant to spend their appreciating money, whereas they would be eager to spend their dollars that are losing value. While an economy can operate in that former state, transitioning from the spend-everything to the prefer-to-saving economy would cause tremendous recession because people dramatically restrict their money movement. Principally, non-essential good markets would collapse since it makes more sense to have your money and buy it tomorrow than buy useless crap today. That might actually be a really good argument for Bitcoin from a green party's perspective, if your money deflates and you don't want to spend it, you keep keep people from buying this crap and wasting energy time productivity on making it. he's saying, and it's an interesting thought that during this transition from a currency that loses value the longer you hold it fiat dollars into a currency that the longer you hold it, the more it's worth that transition period there would be a big collapse in in the economy because people wouldn't be buying all these goods because honestly. You maybe are a little less likely to spend something that's going to go up in value on something that's trivial.
1: Yeah, and I think people overstate the 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 negative effects of deflation. In that, you know, I I think people will still continue eating and and would still want to continue their standard of living and and their lifestyle at least to some degree. But I mean, the the idea of making that transition within like think about it like within one year going from a a purely inflationary currency um, converting everything and operating on a deflationary currency yeah i think we would see pretty significant uh you know cut in uh, in terms of the economic activity so I, don't, I think he has a point there and i think that that's a legit point between you know the keynesian and the austrian view of economics with
0: that but hmm. i think you know if you zoom out does bitcoin encourage a type of society that isn't so consumer driven i think i think i think it's possible that um well, and maybe e- maybe, maybe it's
1: ease of use, like ease of use to to transfer. Maybe that lowers the amount that, or the you know the probability that you're going to be saving it to some degree, right? Oh, uh, that's it, interesting. Because I mean, it's so easy to move around. You really don't have any overhead. You don't have any of the fees associated with. I mean, really significant fees associated with paying or or you know transferring it from here to there, like you would with other like a dollar, you know, dollars or whatever or when you work with credit cards. Well, that's that an interesting point.
0: That's a very good point. You know, and I think so. It's interesting. There was um. Uh, EA is the one that has the Origin store, right? Yeah, don't talk to me about it. Right. So EA released a statement in their, like it was in their financials or wherever it was, that said the store that we made the most money from wasn't Steam, wasn't Origin, wasn't even like uh, GameStop or any store. It was the Apple Mac desktop store. Proportionately. And the reason why is I believe the. Purchasing process in the Mac App Store is so slick and so smooth. You click a button and then you have that application on your desktop. It's 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 slicker and smoother than Steam, right? It's smoother than anything else. If right. you have Amazon one-click purchase, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, they're so similar, Apple actually was sued by Amazon for basically essentially implementing the same thing. This was years mm-hmm. ago. I think Bitcoin enables that uh, on a much broader scale because Bitcoin is taking care of so much of the technology and it brings it, it, it brings that payment button closer to the actual payment technology. Right now, Apple and Amazon are obfuscating that with a ton of technology behind it. When right. you click that payment button, credit card transaction processing, da- all this stuff in databases is happening that is monstrous. But whereas Bitcoin, that can happen much closer to the wire, much closer to the button and I I think when you can when you can lower the friction for purchases like that, people are demonstrably more likely to purchase because it's sort of especially in in the free to pay kind of economy which the internet seems to be really pushing, where you're in for nothing. So since there isn't that initial investment, you haven't spent that sixty dollars on the game. You're willing to spend that maybe two dollars on the coins or one dollar on the armor. Uh, and Bitcoin also really enables that type of economy. So I think you're right, Drew. I think you, you at one time you'll have a collapse in some traditional methods, and another time you'll have sort of an uptick in another type of spending. I want to zoom out though and say maybe it's a good thing. Maybe Bitcoin offers our consumeristic, celebrity-obsessed society a chance to reset a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, because it doesn't the, the the model that we have that we're operating on right now doesn't. I don't like it either, you know, like what what you're kind of implying. So I would like to see some degree of a reset, you know, into the change no, in disgusting. how we live our lives. And yeah,
0: i yeah. i i hope um, I hope I'm wrong, but I would imagine that in a hundred years from now, historians will look back at at this period of uh, culture and and kind of think it's a little disgusting, and it's and we're excessive in every way in the way we eat. In 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 our in our in in our purchases in our in everything we consume we we go to an excess we do everything too much here and at least in America it's not maybe as bad I don't know if it's as bad outside of America Um, and uh, maybe you do have to wonder if some of that fundamental psychology is enabled by a currency that really does you no good to hang on to it for long term now you can take that currency and put it into things that are good to hold on to long term but the fundamental aspect with Bitcoin and the and you know the good old thing when Grandma Grandpa could put. $50,000 $50,000 in the bank, and then when they retired, that would be, you know, X amount of dollars, and they could live off that. That world doesn't exist anymore. That world will never exist anymore, ever again, never. It's gone. But Bitcoin might offer somewhat of an alternative to that. And as somebody like myself, honestly, my life is so complicated that I, I kind of need my currency to appreciate for me because I really don't have time to manage my money and to manage investments. That That's something I'm not going to start worrying about until I should have been worrying about it 10 years ago.
1: Right, and the whole inflationary thing encourages people to, to, to live on the brink right because you don't want to hold too much money because it's going to be, continue to decrease in value so you need to spend it but if you spend too much then you're in you know you're in tough waters there. so I, and it would also I would think you know like a deflationary currency would would uh, reduce our dependency on other people or on government institutions or you could actually get back to maybe taking care of yourself and, and everything like that you know where you're not you don't have to, you're not dependent on, on somebody else providing for you because you paid into a some system or you know something like that.
0: Totes, exactly so good thoughts thanks uh, zanny for uh, sending those in to us I'm curious to know what you guys out there think if uh, if the transition to a digital uh, currency that appreciates that or any really would it be any currency that is limited in supply so even a transition to the gold standard would potentially have the same drawbacks that zanny's talking about here so I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts out there emails plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com and uh, maybe it's not a big deal maybe it is let us know. So we had a comment on YouTube from Anticor. He wrote uh remember we had the discussion about how uh uh um deflation versus inflation uh, in yeah. last week's episode. So Deflation right. is a death spiral, he writes. Uh it's a uh, it's a it's, it's, that's the satirist mantra. The US economy experienced slow but steady deflation during the 19th century during a period of rapid growth. Yet they'll never teach you that in school. A little deflation rewards savers and doesn't hurt anyone. Inflation rewards central bankers, and this is sort of the this is a very a, a quick and a concise way to say what I was trying to conceptualize last week and couldn't get out of my dumb mouth. Is I don't know of a scenario where deflation hasn't rewarded the actual people, like the middle class, because it always seems like deflation would reward the middle class. Give the, give the middle class a bit of a savings. Let them buy more with their money. Let them accomplish more. Bring down the prices. It does seem like the only people that suffer are the rich, the banks, maybe some of the biggest corporations. And I, I'm not sure what I'm missing here. And Anticor's and comment kind of reinforces my concept. And I, I, I guess I can understand how, how deflation would be bad if I'm Apple and if I'm Google or if i'm you know Exxon, on
1: and, and sudden sudden deflation too i think we have to yeah yeah right like very sudden unpredictable deflation like if, if 20 years from now we, we we would see the you know the money supply you know decrease relative to demand then i think we could plan for it accordingly and the shock wouldn't be very you know as significant but i think people associate you know deflation with you know all of a sudden you know you just got uh, you know uh, the, uh, everything's increased in value by 5% and every, all these contracts are you know fixed uh, interest rates and everything gets screwed up i don't i don't think you know, that, that's not what we should be thinking about. We should think about, you know, something you can see coming ahead because it's going to blend, right? Like Bitcoin and all these other currencies that we have that we're using, they're going to blend together. We're not going to go from, you know, binary from one to the other. I, I don't see that happening. So I think these, these this fear about these immediate shocks are a little bit uh, overstated.
0: I want to, I want to talk about something that uh, was brought up in episode 15 of, uh, since we're in the feedback segment, kind of looking back. In episode 15, we titled the episode Bitcoin Must Comply. And we kind of came to the meta conclusion during that episode that if we want Bitcoin to be adopted by the mainstream, it's got to comply with the existing regulatory environment, the existing financial system. It's got to be able to essentially plug into that and allow for a seamless go between the virtual currency system and the fiat currency system. And without that sort of structure in place, Bitcoin doesn't have a big chance of succeeding. I, I think I want to flip that on its head and challenge that assumption in episode 17. So that was two episodes ago we were talking about that. I want, after we get through the discussion piece in this week's episode, I want people to keep in mind and then right into the show maybe it's better for Bitcoin, not just for its long term survival, but Maybe it's better for all of us around the world if Bitcoin doesn't comply with the system, if Bitcoin remains outside the system, if Bitcoin doesn't play this game and doesn't get drawn into this regulation and all of all of these elements that we're going to talk about today. Because you have to remember a couple of fundamental things about Bitcoin is that unless you take precautions, it's a very traceable currency. And they can track what you could do. And if you plug that into some sort of automated system, it could make regulators, the IRS, auditors. It could make people collecting financial modeling information to see how consumers spend money can make all of their jobs a lot easier and a lot creepier. And so I wanted and then there's also the downsides of being tied down by this archaic system that's likely going to collapse around us after a bond bubble pops. So I want everybody to keep all of this in perspective as we as we now transition into the discussion segments of the show because some of these things are going to come out and I want to hear your thoughts on this topic. So get ready to email us plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Um, but before we get to that we do have a block eruptor update. One last little bit of feedback. Drew's been rocking those new uh, USB block eruptors at his house. He's got hooked up to a Raspberry Pi. What's the latest, Drew? Uh, well, the latest is I'm not
1: making much <laughs> with the difficulty <laughs> adjustment. <laughs> no, you just did <laughs> the math, didn't you? Yeah, uh, well, it's it's going to be a while. You know, that's uh it's going to be a while. That's about all I can say. <laughs> You've made like nothing. <laughs> yeah, um so you know, it cost me 3 3 bitcoins to get those things and uh I've been running for about two weeks straight, I think. I'm starting to lose count, but I'm, I've made even, it, I made it to 0.26 in terms of profit. So maybe in a couple of years, I'll see my three Bitcoins again. But maybe after that, I might
0: see you know point 0.1. Hey, you're <laughs> doing your part to secure the network, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I'm just you know
1: sacrificing myself for everybody else. You know. Anyways, there's a quick uh, blocker update from um, BTC Guild. Um, as some may know, I think the price when they first came out were two Bitcoins each. They dropped to one, and that's when I bought my, my three for one Bitcoin. They've dropped the price again down to 0.6 oh. per unit. So okay. uh, you know, obviously compensating for the increase in difficulty, I would think. But they have a little coupon program. So if you bought your Bitcoin, or if you bought your uh, block eruptors, for one Bitcoin, um, the, your 30% of those uh, blocker or up to orders, like per unit, like 30% of those are going to be eligible, eligible to purchase a second unit for only 0.1 Bitcoin. So if I'm eligible for that, I'm still definitely doing it, even though I'm not making that much. I got to tell you,
0: you and I, we missed the boat. We should have started a pool. I mean, I, yeah. I, I should. Have, what I should have done is started Plan B back in 2011. Then we could have done a <laughs> Jupiter broadcasting pool. Then we could have gotten the ASICS gig. <laughs>
1: oh, that, oh. Uh, I would love to be in that business, man. Can you imagine being one of the first guys to make that kind of hardware? Whoa. Oh, man. JB would be fully funded forever.
0: Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yep. So uh, we'd love to hear your guys' experience. If you end up picking up one of these uh, block eruptors. sounds like the price is about as low as it's going to get for probably a while.
1: Maybe. They've been dropping the price pretty pretty consistently. I, I don't know. I like, guess
0: that's good of them. You know, as as the difficulty increases, that is good of them. Did. Otherwise, right. it really doesn't play, pay off doesn't pay off at all well there's still time for litecoin drew maybe we can jump in on the litecoin uh, bubble as it's about to get going
1: uh, well nah i don't know <laughs> I, that, i'm staring at the price every day and i'm just like
0: can can we can we move up please <laughs> come on
1: i know i need, I I know. need to go back into bitcoin because i'm not uh, i'm not feeling the whole i think
0: litecoin. it was the genesis block although i'm not actually sure now that i say that um i i, I i'm not sure who it was uh, ran a piece that they looked at the data and they said, which this is not really all that surprising if you think about it, but they ran a piece and they said, hey, look, when Bitcoin price is below 100, the VC activity, the venture capitalist funding drops way off. And then when Bitcoin price goes above 100, it starts picking up again. Oh. <laughs> which doesn't really surprise you, right? But yeah, yeah. I, I have definitely noticed a correlation just as watching for the show, a general drop in news, a general drop in coverage when the price is down. right? And you know that might be part of it. It's just there's probably a lot of pieces at play there. All right, one last little thing before we jump out of feedback. We got a voicemail from Martin, and I believe it's on the topic of deflation. Hey, guys. Great podcast. Uh, I'd like to comment about this argument people seem to make about the deflation of Bitcoin and how that's somehow a weakness
1: of Bitcoin. I mean, maybe the world economy will grind to a halt because of Bitcoin,
2: but that uh, for that to happen, the price will have to soar to incredible heights. So... Uh, This deflation is certainly not a weakness in the sense that uh,
1: Bitcoin will be valueless in the future. Um, Yeah, so it's a bit strange because uh, most arguments against Bitcoin imply the price plummeting to zero, but the deflation argument um, implies the exact opposite. Uh So, yeah, that's why I don't really consider it an argument against Bitcoin at all. Anyway, so I
0: wonder if you'd like to comment on that. Thanks. That is funny, right? Because we're all worried about uh, Bitcoin being worth nothing one day. Oh, true. Yeah. And then at the same time, we're worried, well, what, what if it's worth a lot?
1: Well, it is duplicationary. We're, we're talking about the price you know, per coin increasing, but also fearing it's going to be to zero. <laughs> we're yeah. kind of going in two directions.
0: Right. Exactly. And I guess that's human nature just to worry. And then, of course, what always ends up happening is the reality is somewhere in the middle and it's a little gray. And it's never quite as bad or never quite as good as everyone thought. Uh, we'll see. And and it's funny because that not that always the truth with any kind of game-changing technology? It's never quite as perfect as the every particular model that we came up with, but it's usually at least has its good aspects. It good does aspect. well, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I want to remind folks, you can also leave us a voicemail. Just give us a ring, one 587 5262 That's 1-352-58-PLAN-B. Call the show, leave us your voicemail, and... We're thinking, although, you know, I don't know if it's not going to, it might not work, but we're thinking next week we want to take live calls so you can join us live over at jblive.tv. We record Plan B at 2 p.m. Pacific, and by the way, that's 9 p.m. UTC, 5 p.m. New York. So if you're on the East Coast, just got home from work, join us and call in live and let us know what's on your mind about Bitcoin. We'll have a few topics for you to chat about, but we'd really love to hear what... Anything you think that hasn't really been discussed on this show that needs some attention or something maybe we don't know about or something you think uh, you want to question, uh, you have a question or a follow-up question about something we've covered, any of that stuff, it's going to be an open mic. We'll have some topics for you, but we'd love to have you show up and share what's on your mind. So join us next Tuesday. And Again, that's uh, we're at live uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. UTC. 5 p.m. Eastern over JB and that will be uh, August 6th. And we'd love to have you join us. And uh, if it's if it's a su- if it's a success, we're gonna do more in the future. I love doing call-in shows, Drew. Oh yeah, I can tell. <laughs> we, yeah, we just did one on uh, on Quota Radio this week. Yep, we listen times. to that. Yep, yep. All right. So I want to move a- us into the discussion piece, and let's start off with this story that's spreading like wildfire: <laughs> Thailand bans the Bitcoin. Bans the Bitcoin. Now grab your Thai food. If you're munching, get yourself a little side of peanut sauce for this story, Drew. Now, if you, what have you heard? Cause I, I know, I think, cause I, I know you mentioned and you, you specifically, I don't think you read the link in the show notes yet, right?
1: I, I glanced at it. All I right. saw somebody, uh, oh, did you spoil a, the it for response in the subreddit. I kind of spoiled it for All myself, right. but, uh, spo- po- spoiled again for me.
0: All right. Well, case. so here we go. So, uh, here's how this actually started is there is an exchange out of Thailand And uh, they went to uh, the government and I can't really quite parse if it was the government or it was just a panel of the bankers. But either way, a panel of bankers was there and they said, all right, well, here's what Bitcoin is. And this is what we want to do in the market with Bitcoin. And the bank came back and said, well, we think that because there's no law that really says how Bitcoin should be handled, in our opinion, it's illegal. And everything you do with Bitcoins, buying Bitcoins, selling Bitcoins, buying any goods or services in exchange for bitcoins, selling any goods or services for Bitcoins, sending Bitcoins to anyone located outside of Thailand, receiving Bitcoins from anyone located outside of Thailand, we think all of that is illegal. So then this exchange went to their blog on July 29th, so yesterday... And said the they said the purpose of the following statement is designed only to give information to our users about the choice to suspend our services. They go on to explain they're shutting down their exchange services in Thailand because Bitcoin is illegal. Now the reality is, they talked to some bankers, the Central Bank of Thailand, or whatever, the Bank of Thailand. That's what it's called. The the Bank Bank of Thailand. Their central bank. They said we think it should be illegal. We don't think you should... I wonder why it. they would think that. This does not mean a law has been passed saying Bitcoin is hereby illegal. It is essentially the Federal Reserve saying Bitcoin should be illegal. It doesn't mean that It'll something came out of the it. Congress and that Obama signed it and signed that sucker into law and they are now illegal. But yet every single site out there is covering this story. Everybody's covering this. It was on Tech News Today on Twitter and they, you know, everybody just says... Bitcoin's hereby illegal. And part of the reason is is because Thailand is kind of known for banning something every year. They kind of have this tradition, every year they ban something. Last year they banned YouTube. Oh, oh. Right? So the media loves this story. They love talking about this story. They just they all look at crazy Thailand banning something every year. <laughs> it's so quaint. And it's not really what's going on. At least that's my understanding. I might I might have it wrong, but that's that's essentially what I've grokked from this. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting because I think it betrays potentially Okay. So I guess I should back up. In a sense, it's effectively illegal because this exchange is shutting down operation, right? Right, yeah. You're not allowed to,
1: you know, you have to go to the banking channel and they're deeming it, you know, they're not gonna work with you. So it's kinda it's not like a it's like a soft illegality.
0: Now I wonder now IP Extreme could be point could be right. The now perhaps the, the Bank of Thailand is a government agency, whereas the Federal Reserve is actually, right. even though it has federal in the name, is not a government agency. Um, I, I wonder if that could be a little bit of it, but either way, it is effectively, it is, it is in effect. It is the uh, legal, like codified law or not, it is in effect and the exchange is shut down. Now the media has exploded with this because they just love themselves a bad Bitcoin story, especially slash dot slash dot. Slashdot will never run a positive Bitcoin headline, but if there is something negative about Bitcoin, even the slightest in, in just possible implication of negativity, man, Slashdot, man, they got that. They're on that. Slashdot's on, on that, man. And man, they get a lot of submissions. They're super busy, but they'll find time to submit that negative Bitcoin story. <laughs> drives me crazy. And and if anything, Slashdot should be exactly the kind of community that's for Bitcoin. This is exactly. really like, the part that gets driven, me. Right? They're kind I, of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. I, it... it uh, whatever. You know what? Fine. Slashed out. You can go suck the dick of the Federal Reserve and enjoy your fiat until it pops in oh, your face. Yeah. I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick That's of it. This, the, nobody's doing objective reporting on this. Why isn't anybody clarifying the fact that this is the wishes and advisory of the of the bank and not necessarily some sort of mandate from above? And and, you know, let's OK, but let's talk about what if it is, Drew. Does this matter? Is this is this the beginning of a trend, no. Drew?
1: no. Well, I mean, you know, who, who who knows what's going to go on with the with the legality in Western nations and the regulation? I mean, it's going to take them forever to figure this out, right? That's how they work, right? It's going to take forever for them to figure anything out, and they might do something. But what we need to do what we need to do is is make sure there's a lot of jobs and a lot of people's existence dependent upon Bitcoin, and perhaps that can be used as a way to lobby, uh, you know, federal institutions to not outright make it illegal or try to impose any significant regulations on that. Maybe we can build just like with the internet, you know, where you can. where it kind of grew up outside of their view and then all of a sudden it's here and they can't really lock it down too well. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't see
1: it. Hopefully it doesn't get panned over here in some way.
0: Thailand's government rules Bitcoin as illegal. All right, so there's one headline. Um, Let's see. Oh no, Thailand just banned Bitcoin. Virtual currency blocked in Thailand. Uh, Thailand bans Bitcoin. Thailand reportedly bans any form of Bitcoin. Bank of Thailand bans Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin's banned in Thailand. Here's another headline. Thailand just banned Bitcoin. It goes on and on, right? I mean, I'm looking at this page of news headlines here. Uh, it's just ridiculous. And they just, they love running with it. And i th- it's, uh, since when do banks make laws? I mean, yes, I understand that what banks want eventually become law. I get that. I understand they are the puppet master. I'm not dumb. <laughs> but at the same time, like, if Bank of America came out and said said Bitcoin was illegal, that doesn't make Bitcoin illegal.
1: No, yeah. I mean, there's no, yeah, I mean, you can't be, you know, you can't be tried for a crime for using it when there's no, you know, law in the books that prevents you from using it.
0: Yet not even even people who are usually pretty good at this stuff, like like Tom Merritt on Tech News Today, blowing it, just blowing the story. Just and, and, and you can't really totally get on their case because the, and they could argue the technicality that it effectively is the same. So you yeah, you know. but they're using the
1: wrong. You got to be more specific about the language you're using when you're describing this kind of thing because yeah. I mean that's kind of a, a significant thing to just say it's outright banned by the government or like that, you know.
0: I know I've made this comparison a lot, but I, I have you know the Linux Action Show has spanned the run of Linux from when it was the butt of jokes and it went, whenever there was a negative headline you know for Net Linux, they ran with it right. Yep. And now it is it is you know it is a respected platform, and I I that show has ran that span and now I feel like this show. Is starting to run. That's that's the same cycle with Bitcoin. Where right mm-hmm. now they're laughing at it. They're taking any opportunity they can to to poke fun at it and run the bad headline. And then in seven years, it'll be so blatantly obvious that it's a superior platform that you know now it's integrated into everything. Um, and and I hope I hope that's the phase we're, we're in right now. I hope that Bitcoin and not every technology makes it beyond that phase. Just to make it clear, some stuff dies at that phase, and it's. It's just a you know it just depends on what the stuff's made of, but uh, it's so frustrating to see this now and and this kind of stuff is like it's kind of a joke when Thailand does it. We won't find uh, it so funny though if if the same recommendation came out from you know a Western nation. Uh, I yeah, think it might just be... be a matter of time
1: until they try to do something
0: like Thailand. Don't you or think? Do the don't, you, don't you think? It's hard to tell. Uh, there's two man, routes there's... to go. The Western nations are either going to see a way to make a buck off it, i.e., tax, or they're gonna or or they're going to try to shut it down. Of course, they won't be successful. I'm not saying they will be, but they're going to try to. They're going to try, or at least you know, li- by via law.
1: Yeah, well, and it, well uh, I, I don't think they'll go so far as to ban, ban its use or whatever, but I mean, I think, I think they're going to... They, the, the NSA is probably going to start watching addresses and watching coins move about. and then Right, try to doesn't associate it kind it of solve... And, you Decrypt know, a little SSH, uh, you know, do, do a little uh, uh, TLS uh, or SSH decryption with their little private keys and figure out, you know, what address was provided to you when you went to this website and purchased a good.
0: Right. And I mean, if I'm law enforcement, the thing. last thing I want you using to buy your drugs is cash, right? I'd much rather use Bitcoin.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because you're broadcasting that transaction to everybody. And you it's unique to that. you.
0: If I, can, if I could prove that this number, this unique number belongs to you, my case is done. Right. There's not really a way if if I give somebody a bag full of cash to buy some heroin off the street, there's no way to really prove that cash came from my wallet. But if I buy that same bag of heroin with a couple of bitcoins, there is absolutely a way to prove it if I don't take those precautions. And once something becomes mainstream, lots of people won't be taking those precautions. A lot of people don't, you know, there's a lot of people who don't know how to protect themselves like that. And it is a perfect opportunity for law enforcement just to sit back and download the blockchain (laughs) and then just start pattern matching. Yeah, right.
1: we're still pretty primitive, right? With the, with the whole with with you know um, like monitoring patterns within like the Bitcoin network and transactions. I would think in some period of time that there'd be some pretty right. pretty uh, pretty nice um, a- uh, analytics tools for analyzing how right. stuff I is being I mean, we've about.
0: seen we've seen some very interesting analytics just with enthusiast tools and some open source groups creating some great code and putting it up on a website and a GitHub repo. Imagine what a government agency with some serious funding and some serious motivation to stop terrorism could do.
1: And that's right? the main maybe thing, you're right? trying
0: Cause... to, maybe and maybe that's how it starts. Is maybe you start, so you got to look at it. They got to look at it from. I think I think the federal government has to look at it from a couple of perspectives. There's a pretty clear way you could tax it, either as uh, either as a commodity that when people go to cash in, they have to pay taxes on just like you do when you sell some that metal. Would suck right or as a digital good. So at the time of barter, they would consider it a form of barter, and the time of sale, then the seller would be responsible for the sales tax, which they would just pass on to you like they do now. And when you think about it, Drew, you don't, I mean, think about this. When you buy something, it's two ninety nine dollars plus tax. Everything That's... you freaking buy has plus tax. They could do the same damn thing with Bitcoin, right? There's no reason they can't do it if they have the right tracking system in place. Not saying they will. Their other option would be to shut it down and fight it. But it seems like, to me, there's a better chance they could make a little bit of money off it, even for just, you know, the people who aren't taking precautions, and they could use it for monitoring purposes so that way they could watch international groups that are transferring funds between each other. And then mm-hmm. think, about, think about like the, the kind of case they could bring against the next, the next you know, underwear bomber. And maybe he bought and paid for his, his underwear bomb parts with Bitcoin. And if they could track those transactions and show it went back to a wallet on his computer, holy crap, that would be a hook, line, and sinker solid case. I mean, why wouldn't they embrace that? Oh, they absolutely would. I'm sure they're they're really. I, I would bet that they're they're seeking some
1: kind of association with that, right? Because I don't think they can really just do something outright without any kind of, you know, major like like any kind of significant event that could scare the public. Because the main thing we live off here is fear, and uh, the, you know, the whole Patriot Act being written before 9 11 and then being passed immediately after 9 11. I would think that they would take the opportunity to not waste any kind of crisis and would love to associate it. Bitcoin, with some kind of terrorist activity, then then they'll make their move right there. But I think they just have to wait for that moment. If something like that does happen, then there you go. That's a perfect moment for them to attack.
0: Do you think? Do you think that's when they attack? Or do you think they just kind of sit back and just let people start using it and then they've got it when they want it? <sighs>
1: Uh, uh, if we have some, if we have some kind of event like that, then I think that'll be their point of attack. But uh, I don't know if they're going to sit around for five years and just let people not pay taxes. I mean, picture, taxes right? on I
0: mean it. how long is it? So one of the things that they, one of the things that came out after the Boston bombers, and then we documented this in the Unfilter show, is they said that the uh, Tsarnaev brothers radicalized over the internet after after they went on their after the brother went on his trip and came back, they continued to radicalize via the internet. And, you know, they can use this to sort of justify PRISM. They can use this to justify monitoring. They can use this to justify shutting down websites. It's it's great. And all you need to add to that narrative is, and they bought supplies, or they he paid bought his for ammo training. With Bitcoin. There you they go. paid for training with Bitcoin. Yep. All you need is anything like, they sold drugs and profited mm-hmm. from the drug sales in in Bitcoin and used that money to buy gunpowder or whatever, right? That's all you need. And all of a sudden... The game changes. The narrative changes. And, and so many towards.
1: people are ignorant to you know what Bitcoin is and what it represents. That it, it would be, it has to be an easy sell, right? It Has to be an easy sell to the majority of the public.
0: I would think so. Well, Nobody understands see, but, how it works, or, especially if you act soon enough when it sounds like crazy magic, right? If you wait a few years, cryptocurrencies are going to start to be a little more commonplace. You're going to have a lot more branded currencies. You're going to have Amazon coins. You got Starbucks. You know, you got all these different. I mean, virtual currencies just. By the very nature of corporations becoming more powerful and wanting to control more of this, virtual currencies will become more commonplace. But if you jump on it soon enough, you could demonize these non-branded virtual currencies, these ones that are these shady hacker internet currencies. You don't want those. You want the Starbucks. You want the Apple coin, the Amazon coin. Those are the trusted coins. And there's, you know, those those guys are brands. You you respect that brand. You love Amazon. You love Apple. You love Google. You love Microsoft. Use those. Don't use those crazy Internet fun box monies. That's scary. That's what terrorists use. That's what Al-Qaeda uses. They still have time to make that to make that association. But if they wait too long, that window of opportunity will have passed, at least for the majority of the people.
1: And I, I I hate the idea that that we could have you know virtual currencies be fragmented to that degree where you have you know one specific to Amazon specific to EA and all that. It, well, I think maybe one of the only things that could stem that possibility would be for Bitcoin to be adopted as you know because companies could outsource their their their. their uh, their payment processing and all that to the Bitcoin network and just use Bitcoins on their platforms, right? Exactly. True. So if they were to integrate it across all these platforms, right. it needs to become more cemented and they're kind of associated, not directly with any kind of management or anything, but if they're just associated with Amazon, where you can use them in Amazon, then then you kind of get your foot in the door a little bit, and it might make it might make it a little harder for the uh, for anybody to uh, get the, you know get their hands on in so it in some way.
0: This is the argument for Bitcoin to go mainstream right here is to enable this this very thing where you have one uniform e current across all of your games, across your stores, across your app stores. Because like right now, man, I've got Cartel Coins on Star Wars Old Republic. I've got Zen Coins on Star Trek Online online. I got different stuff on every different thing. I've got Microsoft Xbox points that I, you know, I'm never going to spend because I don't even have my Xbox hooked up anymore. I got PlayStation points. I got all these damn points. I even got Amazon points. I don't want points. (laughs) No. I don't want points. I want bitcoins. And I want bitcoins everywhere. I want bitcoins at Amazon. I want bitcoins at Microsoft. I want bitcoins at Blizzard. I want bitcoins at Cryptic. I want bitcoins everywhere. And I just want to use that one bitcoin. And, or, 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 fine, convert it, into Bitcoin, convert it from Bitcoin to your stupid little proprietary currency and then convert it back. And this would be the argument for Bitcoin to go mainstream, to enable this sort of widespread, the IP of money element of it.
1: Right, we have to get per- pervasive before they figure any kind of thing out, right? Before they can take any action against it. Same thing that happened with the internet, I
0: think. But I'm still not convinced we want to be tied to this inherently systematically corrupt system that is eventually going to collapse.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, much a, it's pretty much a guarantee. I mean, can you talk about the whole – what, what you were talking about earlier with the regulation or with yeah. – uh, I mean, getting,
0: look at this getting... Bank of Thailand stuff. This could happen anywhere. And I don't – I mean, all it takes is for an administration to change or uh, some director somewhere to change – or some some terrorism event to happen where they rebrand Bitcoin as the is the evil money of the terrorists. And the whole thing, once you're tied to these guys, the whole thing could come crashing down. They could start shutting you off immediately. And everybody thinks just because we get legit, just because we're legit, then they won't shut us down. That's bull crap. That's false They can do whatever they want. The yeah. people who are telling you that, the people that are selling you that narrative are the people that stand to make a buck off Bitcoin working with these systems. And I don't I don't mean to, to talk badly about the great guys at Bit Instant or Coinbase or any of these places, all these guys that are pushing, we gotta integrate. We gotta got to regulate but it's because they all stand to make money off it if we do and they don't make any money if we don't but that doesn't mean that bitcoin isn't any less functional for some of us it might not do all of the things that your debit card does but you've got a debit card for that maybe we need a currency of the people that is isolated and protected from the enormous historic worldwide economic collapse that could be potentially coming maybe not but could be likely is maybe we need something that's not attached to that at all it's its own isolated island so when that system comes crashing down we all have something we can just switch to I don't know. Maybe that's crazy, or maybe the solution is to integrate the two and then slowly transition. I, I I would love to hear the audience's thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh
1: yeah, that that's a that's a great topic for to hear from the audience. But
0: I I don't know. Like I understand where
1: where these companies are coming from, where we're trying to get legit to at least enable people to get into Bitcoin more easily in the beginning. But you're also yeah, you're I I don't like the idea of getting in bed with with regulatory agencies in any way or trying to appease them to to allow yourself to function freely, you know, without their oversight. Is it like uh, kind
0: of like bloggers and like, so imagine like new media tying themselves to newspapers, like, like making sure everything we do is cool with the newspapers, making sure we're following the newspapers rules, making sure we're following the newspaper standards and all of the new things the newspapers do, even though the newspapers are dying dinosaurs, but let's make sure we're, we're making the newspapers happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's a great comparison. No, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't like the idea of, of getting getting bed with them. So I'm with you with your whole uh, with your nice little speech there. We, I, I like the idea of you know trying to stay separate so we don't get tied into all this stuff and we don't we don't let them in. We don't let them influence um, you know certain aspects of the protocol. Like there's some there's some changes that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit to possibly to the point nine version of Bitcoin um, and also that fork that we can talk about that's yeah. related to this.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. So audience, let us know. We definitely want to hear your thoughts. Plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com. I mean, just here in episode 15, you know, we were saying, you know, compliance is the way forward. We have to we have to adapt or be destroyed. And now I'm thinking about this and I'm just watching the, this crap with the Bank of Thailand. And I'm just wondering if maybe maybe we can't go too far. And if maybe we aren't being led by false prophets, because these people who are leading us down this path, the people who are arguing this, the people are they are the people who make money off of this.
1: Yeah, they have a little tainted incentive there. So you yeah. have to be wary about what they're trying to pull us into.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Kickstarter project before we get into some of that fork discussion. Uh, so last week, and I wasn't even sure if I was going to put it in the show, but I decided it was interesting enough we could talk about it. Remember we talked about that Kickstarter, Bit- Bitcoin the movie, was a brother and uh, and another guy, the production, little production crew, and they were launching a Kickstarter. And we were like, do we want another documentary? Uh, why not? Right. <laughs> right. Well,
1: well uh,
0: we don't have one anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, Andrew Wong, the entrepreneur behind the movie, he launched that crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter on July 16th of this month. And then he scheduled it to run until August 15th of next month with a goal of $100,000. Uh, but late last week, I think like Friday, Kickstarter just shut the project down. Kickstarter pulled the plug. The movie had $15,000, almost $16,000 pledged, 154 backers, no reason given so far.
1: That sounds that sounds a lot like what's happening, or you know, what happened with uh, some bank accounts associated with some exchanges and some Bitcoin stuff, right? Yeah.
0: I guess the answer no, here would be, like, the thing to look into here would be who owns Kickstarter, I guess, um, <laughs> 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 because Kickstarter sort of famously allowed a book called like uh, what the Seduction Guide or something like that. Yeah, that was yeah, right. The, which sounds like a book that I should. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, they let the seduction. No, no, no. I mean, that book was supposedly like a guide to like I don't know. I from what I read, it was a guide to essentially, rape.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they allowed it to go through to the yeah. end, correct?
0: Yeah, they let it reach funding, and then later issued an apology. This thing is, and this, by the way, remember we just had the life on Bitcoin couple. Mm-hmm. They just got they made funny. it. Through. They got funding like a week before this guy went on Kickstarter.
1: I don't know, man. Oh, hopefully, it's something, some kind of, you know, some weird screw up that they had with them or i, I don't know, I don't know. they're yeah. not you know going to be blocking out any kind of bitcoin maybe
0: it stuff. was on a rule technicality violation maybe it's something yeah. as simple as that kickstarter's pretty dog pretty, pretty uh they i don't know what dig uh what, what what's the word they follow Billage. the rules closely Billage. right so i mean they're they're sticklers there you go they're sticklers oh uh, yeah yeah uh and like cory says in the chat room eh, this is why we need bitcoin <laughs> and by the way Maybe they should try funding on one of those Bitcoin project sites. There is a bitcoinstarter.com. And yeah. they, I think they were talking about that too. They might well, go that route. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Like uh, later on, like uh, uh, Coindesk uh, was uh, writing a piece on this. And he says they they asked them about it. And they said, Oh, uh, yeah, we haven't looked into that yet. Uh, yeah, well, what kind of, kind of crap is that? Uh, we're thinking, that's we're thinking about setting that up. We haven't done yeah. coin based uh, coin based funding yet. And the other thing he said, which I thought was really interesting, is he said they're shutting down all of their Bitcoin operations. Uh, the 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 creator of the movie. What the hell does that mean? Uh, what does that mean?
1: I uh, that doesn't sound right. It's, oh, I'm it's sorry. This they had, they is had no what mechanism. he said.
0: This is why we have paused all our Bitcoin related activities. This guy, you know, this guy does not sound like a Bitcoin enthusiast at all. This sounds like a guy yeah. who's got himself a couple of nice cameras and wants to make off doing make a buck doing a Bitcoin show. You know, he wants yeah, to go out there and make yeah, a Bitcoin yeah. movie. That's what he wants to do. Right. He wants to go out there and do a do a do a Kickstarter project for one hundred thousand dollars, maybe make maybe make twenty five thousand dollars off the whole thing total after all costs are paid and make a make a cute little documentary about Bitcoin. I mean, he didn't even consider using Bitcoin. He's going to put a pause on all Bitcoin related activities. This doesn't sound like a Bitcoin enthusiast at all. This sounds like somebody trying to make a buck.
1: Yeah, because he he had no other mechanism for 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 uh, for funding, right? He had no he had no address where he could donate bitcoins no. to help fund it, which is a very strange right. thing. Right, which for the life on Bitcoin couple
0: did, right? They had that separate Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Well, let's see what happens. Maybe maybe you can try Maybe you can try again. Maybe you'll try again. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I we've been a little down. We've been a little down, and I thought maybe we could pick ourselves back up. NBC World News. I mean, this is front and center here, people. This is not bad. They ran a piece about a little town in Berlin where they have a sign above a popular bar uh, in the, I guess you call it Krizenberg, Krisberg, Kruisberg District, well, they'll probably tell us in the clip, where it tells customers that they prefer honest money, such as gold, silver, and Bitcoin. Uh, it's Room 77. It's among a cluster of more than two dozen local businesses that accept the virtual currency for everyday payments. Uh, with stickers that have the Bitcoin logo on the restaurant doors, shop windows, they all guide you the way. And I've actually been intending to play a little piece about this from uh, the BBC for almost a month. And then, and then I, I deleted the clip just a couple of days ago. It, then this piece popped up on NBC, and I thought, this is a sign, it's time to cover this on the Plan B show. So sit back and picture a world, uh, picture a town, if you will, where Bitcoin is just as common as accepting any other form of payment. It's magic. Oh.
2: The Berlin district of Kreuzberg has been known for its colorful mix of young families, students, political activists and protest thinking. A multicultural neighborhood where alternative lifestyles have found a home. Now, a new currency has become the talk on the streets and a preferred payment system for many residents and visitors. It is called Bitcoins, a decentralized digital currency that has been coined the Wild West of financial markets. At more than two dozen locations in Kreuzberg, including bars, cafes, record stores and printing shops, tech-savvy Bitcoin enthusiasts can pay with virtual money. While Bitcoins are traded in the virtual world, there is actually hard currency. This is 10 Bitcoins that can be traded on and offline. Advocates call bitcoins innovative and hope for a greater independence from banks. After 2,800 years of state monopoly on money, we are now getting the first real decentralized and free currency system and a basis for an actual new economic system. Bitcoins are no more than strings of computer code, an unregulated virtual currency stored in digital wallets and tagged with electronic signatures. The digital money can be purchased at online Bitcoin exchanges. They've become a serious one-click alternative, especially for Internet-based companies. You can either pay with a credit
0: card, with PayPal, debit card, and now with Bitcoins.
2: All it takes is a smartphone with a Bitcoin app. And in this case, a vacation home is rented within seconds, but without additional fees.
0: We lose a lot on transaction fees. We estimate around 2% from all transaction volume and Bitcoin, and Bitcoins change that. The
2: maximum number of Bitcoins that can be generated worldwide is 21 million. More than 10 million are now believed to be in circulation. Experts say they are currently worth about $1.2 billion, though their market value fluctuates. But money laundering allegations, hacking and high-profile Bitcoin thefts show that security is still an issue. And experts say that regulatory challenges lie ahead.
0: If there are billions or even multiple billions or trillions in such a private system, I think it's hardly uh,
2: conceivable uh, that governments would accept it. Critics question the actual value of the virtual money and argue that Bitcoins are a volatile and highly deflationary currency. But supporters in this Berlin community are Bitcoin believers. I remember a time where people said, look, uh, Who's ever going to send those funny computer-to-computer messages? We, need, we have fax machines, and we want to have a piece of paper in our hands. Um, this is merely 25 years ago, and everybody sends emails today. So I think this is just a learning process. And you can take that to the bank.
0: In Berlin, Andy Eckhart, NBC News. Sure, it looks like uh, you caught what bugged me from that piece. <laughs> They call it unregulated, right? It's, and it's absolutely
1: unregulated. There's nobody watching it. It's completely you know, everybody's just going with their hair on fire running around in circles. Yeah, it's exactly how it works, right? Right. It's regulated by the
0: freaking protocol. And that's right? actually yeah. the good part. It's not dumb, manipulative, greedy humans. It is cold, hard code that Logic,
1: pure logic, not 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 emotion, not some individual with some certain intentions. It's just logic that's already out there.
0: How great, though, is it to have that kind of coverage on NBC World News? That's yeah, that's great. That's kind of a big deal. That was kind of a big deal. Uh, so I, I wanted to uh, play that piece because I thought that was pretty cool. All right. I want to talk about this fork that's been proposed. It's only in white paper form right now by some Bitcoin activists who also build themselves as privacy activists. Two anonymous activists have proposed an alternative to Bitcoin which would fork the protocol to retain more anonymity for uh, anonymity for users. Get this. It's got a catchy name. It's going to be labeled Bitcoin 2. The currency would modify the existing Bitcoin code to maintain what they call the original long-term vision, stripping out elements of the protocol that they feel are damaging and, and building in support for the anonymity, pro, anonymity protocol, ZeroCoin. So it's, it's everything you love about Bitcoin, uh, plus a few things embraced and extended Designed around this, and this—how do you how do you base something off Bitcoin and and then remove the identity attribute of it? How do you do all that? Right. Because Bitcoin's based around this unique number.
1: I'm not clear on their details here, but they're, I mean, I, they might be—they're trying to stem what what may be coming in uh, version point nine of the protocol. Tell me about this. So, uh, so there, I haven't—I can't recall all the details with the point nine, but they're going to be trying to introduce some stuff that might make it easier for merchants to. Um, get money from people so they're they talking in, in the regular bitcoin protocol they're talking about having people or having uh, like merchants be able to request payment from customers so instead of the, instead of just giving them an address and asking you to send it you know money to them itself so one of the things in, in this article that they talk about is that um, most jurisdictions require merchants to issue receipts or possible so that taxes uh, can be levied the paper of uh, the paper search it worries that bitcoin payment messages that which could be part of point nine will make it possible and therefore mandatory to issue receipts playing further into the hands of the regulators, which right. is, I think is a fantastic point.
0: Yes, it is. Because we're uh,
1: enabling, enabling these to be more easy for sellers to implement this, so you don't quite have a an outright excuse. Yeah. to You can't just say, you know, I'm incapable of, of performance on these actions that make it easier to be taxed and regulated.
0: huh. Uh, the paper entitled Bitcoin to Freedom of Transaction points out several things. that It says the problem for Bitcoin and worries that the protocol could develop into a system that is complete perversion of the original vision, a completely transparent payment system with very few points of control, which has been totally absorbed by the established financial and regulatory environment. See, this is kind of what we've been saying earlier in the show. That's kind of what we've been saying all, all show, actually, sort of the meta topic for this week. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Jeff Garzik, who we've talked about before on the show, he's a core developer of Bitcoin. He says, to me, this is just another altcoin. And they're attempting to ride on the coattails of the Bitcoin brand. But other than that, experimentation is a good thing. Uh, The marketing of most altcoins is inevitably Bitcoin critical as they want to distinguish themselves from the main competitor. So he says the reason why they're harping on Bitcoin isn't because we're being absorbed by a regulatory monster. It's because they need to harp on it in order to market themselves.
1: Perhaps. That, that know, actually might be a little true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> Good but point. Uh, I, I, I think it's kind of silly. I think we still have this silly perspective where we think there can only be one coin, right? I mean, we always like... These conversations always presume that there's not going to be 30 different coins. And maybe some coins work better in some regions of the world and, you know, while, they, uh, while they have the capability of being worldwide. Maybe it'll be a little bit like instant messenger networks or social networks where oh, Kurt. Or whatever, whatever it's called, uh, what? is, pop, is popular <laughs> in one area, right? Right, you Brazil, know? yeah, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, and Plurk is popular in China, and you got Twitter in the U.S. and 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 most Western nations. I, I, you could have a scenario like that. You also could just have a scenario where um, there's certain coins that maybe black markets transition to, maybe Silk Roads and your um, uh, what's the other one called? Um, uh, Atlantis. Atlantis. Maybe I would, they, I, actually, I wouldn't know, but no, uh, I heard right. it's Atlantis. Right. Maybe they move to something that supports the zero coin protocol, and you go to BTCe. You take your Bitcoin and you move mm-hmm. it into this Bitcoin two, and you buy your bag of whatever, goody pills, and then you you're good. And you I mean maybe that's and, and and when you buy a piece of hardware, or you pay for some Usenet searching service, you use regular Bitcoin or you use Litecoin or whatever it is. And I mean, it's just one of them. I, I I don't buy this. We can only have one money system. Now I, I do kind of agree there can really only be one money as far as like you can't ask merchants to support fifty different currencies. Right. So I, I kind of see the point there. But
1: the region specific thing is is a good thing that I haven't. or a good idea that I haven't thought about. Because st- you know certain co- certain altcoins might penetrate certain markets at different at different rates. And you know like some like like you're talking about with or or could or kurt whatever, whatever it was in it brazil was, yeah <laughs> the, the precursor to google plus that was huge in brazil apparently but you know like we have facebook here we, we might yeah like we might see some penetration with different altcoins into just a different area it's just just because just because that's how it's worked out
0: yeah and you know or different maybe instead of different maybe instead of different markets maybe it's different types of economies like i know i've right. had this mentioned before but boat sales and rv sales and house sales maybe those use bitcoin and right. yeah. candy bar sales and um You know, groceries. Maybe they'll use a different type of coin. Something where it's something, you know, kind of going back to that appreciation thing is something where maybe Bitcoin is that currency that's sitting there and it's sitting in your wallet and it's gaining value. So you're not buying your sandwich with it. But maybe you're willing to buy a boat because that's also going to appreciate in value. You're going to buy a house because that's also going to appreciate in value. So, you know, you make those kind of decisions. And when you're buying your foods, like your fast food, you use your Litecoin. It just, to me, seems to make sense. Yeah, seems legit. I like it. Legit. All right, before we run, uh, we want to get to our uh, Bitcoin picks. We got two this week, and uh, Drew, you found this first one. What is it?
1: Uh, it's like a little uh, little breakdown of a bunch of different uh, altcoins you can check out. So they give you a little little heads up on on certain uh, primary aspects of each coin, and uh, yeah, they tell you like the you know the block generation, the amount of coins that'll exist, the difficulty change interval, and all that. So. There's a bunch a bunch of different coins that are listed here and you can kind of get a quick gist of of the uh, the the focal points of, of how these differentiate themselves from Bitcoin
0: yeah yeah perfect perfect right so if you've if you've heard of a coin or you just want to know a quick reference to a coin what its attributes are you know you've, you maybe you've heard of PP coin but you can't remember what's interesting about it compared to Bitcoin they just have it all really quickly laid out super quick
1: yep and they got the block explorer link right there so you can check out you know how the blocks work and all that and yeah of interesting stuff, launch date, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, very nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, look at that. That's a good little reference guide. All right, I have uh, something that's like, consider it, to, consider it further reading, if you would, uh, kind audience. There was a TED Talk that was linked in our uh, Plan B show subreddit, planbshow.reddit.com. And it's uh, from Paul Kemp Robertson. And uh, it's called Bitcoin, Sweat and Tide, Meet the Future of Branded Currency. And he goes into a little bit about how... <laughs> I didn't even realize this was a thing, but according to Paul Kemp, in certain like third-world countries where they want to buy drugs but they don't have access to money, uh, they're going into the grocery stores and they're taking things like Tide detergent off... Oh, I can- Maybe I shouldn't spoil this. Maybe I won't spoil this. I'll let you go watch the video. It's very interesting to see what can be used as a form of currency. Um, and uh, when he talks about these branded currencies... You you kind of see a world we're going to, and you kind of see why it almost seems inevitable that we're going to something like Bitcoin. It it almost seems impossible not to. And if it's not Bitcoin, it'll probably be some. If it's not a if it's not a decentralized peer to peer open source currency, it's probably going to be something owned by a company, maybe not even a government. Great yeah, talk, and it's only like uh, ten minutes long. So I'll we'll have a link to that in the show notes. If you guys want a little extra something something, mm-hmm. go uh, go watch that. We got so two picks for you this week, folks. Two picks for oh, you, yeah. that's right. All right, well, before we run, I want to remind you that we want to do a live call-in show next week. So join us over at jblive.tv on uh, August the 6th at 2 p.m. Pacific, which is 5 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. UTC. We'd love to have you guys call in and share any of your thoughts on anything we've talked about in today's episode, anything we've talked about in previous episodes, or anything we've never talked about. How about that, right, Drew?
1: Yeah, sounds good. And also, like, uh, perhaps one of the questions that can be posed to the audience is, uh, what kind of things do you think that Bitcoin is missing? Or what kind of third party tools or something that could that could be integrated with the Bitcoin or like some in some way supported as a third party. What kind of stuff could be added to Bitcoin that would significantly improve, you know, yeah. its value?
0: Yeah, that'd be really interesting to hear people's thoughts on that. And so email us plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com or call in next week. We wanna hear from you guys. And then don't forget, you can go to planbshow.reddit.com and join in the conversation there and throw links our way. We also appreciate any tips you want to send us to help cover production costs. We have an address and a QR code listed in the show notes. Links to everything we talked about, including more details, are also in those show notes. Just go to jupiterbroadcasting.com and look for episode 17 of the Plan B Show. All right, Drew, have a great week, man. All right, you too. slow all right, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Plan B. We'll see you right back here next week.